the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live for Hour 2 of our spectacular live program. All of Southern California, we're really glad that you are here with us. You can give me a call and be a part of the program, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. This is Scott Furrow. Testing positive as your guest host today on this January 6th, January 6th, 2022. You know, once in a while, uh, you do a show and you think, uh, you know, what should I talk about today? What kinds of things might be on people's minds? You know, you turn on the news. And then once in a while, I take a look and I go, you know, what happened on this day in history, January 6th? And there's websites that have stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so I looked at that today and not a lot. January 6th, relatively speaking, boring day in history. New Mexico became the 47th state of the Union today in 1912. Uh, just, uh, you know, what, good 35 years before the aliens landed. Uh, 1681, just kidding about that part. 1681 uh, was the first recorded boxing match. Um, and uh, it was engineered by a uh, boxing promoter, the first boxing promoter. His name was Christopher Monk. And he was the second Duke of uh, Albemarle, wherever that is. And he arranged a boxing match between his butler and his butcher. That's the first recording it recorded boxing match between uh, the Duke's butler and his butcher. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to take a wild guess at it. But I'm thinking that the uh, butcher probably won that uh, inside of two minutes in the first round. Uh, that's how that one went. Just a guess. Just, just putting a guess out there. Um, what comes to your mind when you think about January 6th? Obviously, I'm, uh, I'm just kidding around. Um, I know that today is a day where people are talking about uh, what happened in Washington, D.C. Uh, last year, one year ago on this date. And I've seen it on all the shows and all the different stuff. And I thought we'd better talk about it. I'd like to hear some things that you think. Here's one of the things. And I thought I'd go through maybe some of the comments that were made today with it. Here's one of the things that I'd like to hear from you about is how should January 6th be remembered? You know, how ought we remember what happened last year at the, the Capitol, whatever you want to call, call it. Some people call it the Capitol insurrection. Some people call it the Capitol riots. Some people call it uprising. Uh, some people uh, called it a picnic and they went home before all of that. You know, there's so many different uh, ways that people approach that. How should it be remembered uh, as a nation? What do you think? The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. The other thing that uh, I want to hear from you about, what are your thoughts on how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? How do we make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again? 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS. Give me a call. Let me know. Where do we go from here? January 6th, how ought we remember it? And I thought about that because I watched some of the, the ceremonies this morning and the different things that people did. I've wondered, you know, how in the world are we going to acknowledge this? Um, and uh, it began, uh, there's been lots of talks and different things. There was a ceremony we heard from uh, Vice President Harris and President Biden today, and there were some comments by President, former President Trump 
later on, former President Trump was going to give a uh, full-blown speech today, and he canceled it uh, at some point yesterday. Uh, that speech was planned for 2 o'clock in the afternoon, our time, and uh, I thought, wow, we're going to talk about that right off the bat, maybe and go through it, but uh, no such speech. Um, probably the wise thing for him to do, although he has made some comments. Um, here's how uh, Vice President Harris began her remarks. Uh, we'll replay uh, clip number one. Fellow Americans, good morning. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. All right, there you have it. That's how she began her remarks today. And it sounds to me that what she's saying is that we're going to remember January 6th in the same way, in a similar way, uh, as 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. Is that how we ought to remember? Is that going to happen? Do you remember? Like, in the, Do you remember where you were? I can tell you that pretty much the whole day of what I did on 9-11. I can probably go through uh, maybe hour by hour things that I did on that day, and I can talk about how I felt days later. Um, weeks later, maybe even months later. You know, when this, uh, whatever you want to call it, the Capitol riot happened last year, I was recording my my morning show that I normally do. I record. It's not live. And normally I check the news before I do that just in case something's happening. But I didn't. For whatever reason that day, I didn't. And I hadn't seen any news. I hadn't seen anything about it. And I record this show. And then after I'm done recording it and I send it in, I don't know, it was 1030 or 11 our time, I open up my browser and I'm the first thing I see is a guy in a buffalo suit at the Capitol. That's the first thing I saw. And I, what is this? You know, uh, is this like the, the new uh, senator from uh, Montana? Who is this guy? I had no idea what was going on. And then I realized that this, this riot was going on. And then I started scrolling through uh, social media, and I saw the, a picture of a guy sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk taking a selfie. And I'm at the radio station, and uh, I came into a group of people, and uh, I, we showed them that picture. We kind of had a little laugh about it, and I said, look, this guy's taking a selfie uh, at Nancy Pelosi's desk, ha, ha, ha. And then I said, he does realize he's going to prison, right? Like, you, you can't do that. This, he's going to go to jail. Now, I didn't know about anything violent that had happened at this point. Most of the video and stuff that I saw at first was, you know, people strolling through like they're tourists. And I remember then thinking to myself, how in the world are they in there? How did this occur? I was at the Capitol uh, a few years ago uh, in 2015, and uh, I had uh, Capitol tour tickets, and I had uh, special things that you can get if you want to go sit in the, uh, the chambers and do different things. And I had no idea where to go. I was looking for the visitor center. And I remember walking up towards the Capitol. I knew the visitor center was in, the, in what would be behind the Capitol uh, if you're fam- familiar with the area between the Capitol and uh, Supreme Court area. But I couldn't find it. And the reason I couldn't find it is because it's kind of underground. I didn't really know that you had to go around and then you would see the entrance. So I started walking up to the Capitol because I'm assuming the visitor center must be you know, in the Capitol and must be down here in the back. And two Capitol police come running after me, running right for me, shouting at me to get away. Now, I was, 
I had to be 100 yards away still. I couldn't even get that close. And I was clearly an idiot from California who's just a tourist, you know, looking for the right place to go. And I thought, how are all those people walking in there? And then I started to get the picture of uh, what really happened on that day with some of the different things. And I'll tell you what, it was a hard day for sure. Um, It was a very bad day. And what happened on that day should never happen again. Um, But I'm listening to the way we began this today, comparing it to 9-11 and uh, Pearl Harbor. Do you think it compares? I, I don't think so. And I know it's a serious thing. And for people who are there, I know people who are there. I have friends who are in the building. And it's scary when those things when those things happen. If you've ever been in some place that's being robbed or where crime is being committed and you have fear, you know, you, you wonder what in the world's going on. So I understand personally kind of where some people were, but is it 9-11 or Pearl Harbor? Really, do we want to make that comparison? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's offensive. I think after Donald Trump drops out of the political scene, Whenever that happens, eventually that day will occur. I think we're probably not going to talk about it. What do you think? How should we remember January 6th? J6, as some people like to say. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number, 888-528-2557. How do you think we should remember it? Either way, whatever you think. Um, Is it appropriate to compare it to 9-11? Did you have the same feeling if you were around at 9-11? Or, you know, there's maybe a few of you listening who are around – when the Pearl Harbor uh, event happened, maybe you're there. Not too many of you left, but maybe some people who heard it on the radio. I looked it up um, at 9-11, and I'm getting this from U.S. News and World Report, which I'm, ex- I'm surprised that that even exists, but it does, apparently. found a website, U.S. News and World Report. I just want to know how many deaths happened at 9-11. So 3,000, I knew that number, around almost 3,000 people died on 9-11. But then in the wars that followed, what followed 9-11, and I couldn't find the number. Somewhere there's a number of how many people have died who were part of the uh, rescue teams who died because of the, uh, the brick dust and the asbestos and other stuff that they breathed in while they were rescuing people for days. 3,000 people died. Over 360,000 civilians died in the wars that were coming up. 300,000 uh, troops in opposition to us in the Afghanistan and Iraq wars uh, mainly. Uh, 30,000 United States military and contractors were killed. Uh, total 900,000 people died in multiple countries for, uh, that were bombed uh, in war, including uh, our own, from 9-11. So almost a million people were killed uh, as a result of what happened in 9-11, not to mention all of the other things that are going on with uh, you know, the division that ultimately was caused. You know, we had that great unity at the 9-11 that happened for a couple of years. But over time, because of various things, we became very, very divided. Uh, and we've never been more divided. Uh, studies say we're more divided today than we were right before the Civil War. Um, so that's pretty significant. Pearl Harbor, 2,400 U.S. personnel were killed at that attack, 68 civilians and hundreds of thousands of people died uh, in World War II uh, after that. That drew us into the war. We probably would have gotten to the war eventually anyway, um, although it's hard to say. President Roosevelt said it would be a day that would live in infamy, and it, and it does. Uh, we just celebrated the anniversary of that just uh, this past December 7th. We're still remembering it. Uh, so what do you think about this? Give me a call. 
888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. David from Santa Monica. David, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, David? Hi there. Thanks. I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was a, I'm a Iraq war veteran. Yeah. And Thank you for your service. I believe, I believe that uh, January 6th was very dangerous. Yeah. Comparable in every way to 9-11 comparable in every way to you, uh, Pearl Harbor. You I think mean, so? This was a time, where, absolutely, this was a time when a group of a political party, or at least part of that party, thought you could overturn an election. They protested that Congress would not overturn the will of the majority. We are a democracy. We, this never happened in the history of our country. And I think that that is just symptomatic of a division in our country. I mean, you can't get people. I mean, we're divided among Democrats and Republicans. Republicans yeah. don't want to get vaccinated. Republicans don't want to wear masks. Well, I know people on both sides of the aisle who uh, who think both ways on the on the vaccination issues and stuff. But you're right that we are divided on those issues. We're divided on a lot. Would you say that that what happened on January 6th, was it just that event that you're thinking of or is it kind of? Everything that sort of that event meant or what maybe had led up to it. I mean, what when we're thinking about is it 9-11 or, or, you know, Pearl Harbor, 70 years from now, are we going to be having ceremonies about January 6th? Absolutely. You think so? Challenge to democracy. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I I didn't fight for this country to allow a group of thugs and an aberrant part of a political party to overturn an election. Right, but they weren't I mean, successful at, and, and let's, let me, you know, if they would have got in there, let's say they would have really done a whole lot. Maybe some people uh, in Congress were actually killed. Maybe they did, uh, you know, what would have actually occurred? Would they have, would they really, are they really a threat to democracy? Like, would our country have fallen? Yes. Well, you think so? How would that happen? A trend. Well, I'll tell you how. When yeah. you get, like in Arizona and uh, Pennsylvania, where they're recalculating the election results because they think it wasn't, or they're saying that some of the votes were not constitutional votes, yeah. and you've got people, national politicians, defending that. So I think it is very significant. I think you're sweeping something under the carpet that's very significant. All right. So you think it's a much bigger deal, like over time, um, like over time, we're going to look back and really see this as, um, I mean, you know, hopefully something in the past, whatever, whatever the case is, right? Not something that's continuing. All right, David, I appreciate uh, your input on that. David believes that uh, maybe Vice President Harris was right, that we're going to think about this day in uh, those kinds of terms. What do you think about this? How should January 6th be remembered? 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the phone number. Uh, whatever your thoughts are, um, you can talk about that here. Um, you know, as the uh, vice president went on, she went on to say um, that we need to defend democracy. And she talked about the rule of law. And I do think there's a significant issue there. And, and it's just something that I would, I would push back maybe with, with David a little bit is, you know, the rule of law, when we are following it, you know, the, the recounts and different things that are going on so far, you know, I know people disagree with it. And some of you feel very strongly about this, but so far, 
um, nothing is being overturned. Um, there has been, you know, the rule, you know, there's certainly a, a, a process that is available for any candidate to challenge uh, the results of an election. Uh, it was definitely an unprecedented election with the mail ballots and other things going on there. Um, but how serious is it really? And if you can put yourself ahead 10 years from now, 15 years from now, how serious a threat to democracy was January 6th? Was it really a threat? Is our government going to fall? And then what does that, you know, how does that happen in the United States? This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrier, your guest host today. We're talking about January 6th and what happened at the Capitol a year ago. And one of the questions I'm asking is this, is how should January 6th be remembered uh, throughout history? And then also, you know, where do we go from here? How do we make sure that this doesn't happen again? 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. President Biden also gave a rather lengthy speech and... uh, you know, he had some comments to say about rule of law, and then he had this to say about uh, uh, where he quotes the Bible, uh, clip number two. Uh, Wilbert, do you have that on there? The Bible tells us that we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. We shall know the truth. Well, here is the God's truth about January 6, 2021. Close your eyes. Go back to that day. What do you see? Rioters rampaging, waving for the first time inside this Capitol. Confederate flag that symbolized the cause to destroy America, to rip us apart. Even during the Civil War, that never, ever happened. But it happened here in 2021. All right, that was uh, one of the first parts of uh, President Biden's speech today, um, and he talked about a few things. The number here is 888-528-2557 if you want to call. Uh, let me go to, I've just got a couple of minutes here, Raul from San Diego. Raul, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I yeah. think that uh, they're really scared because there was such a huge popularity with the president, and they're there were so many irregularities, blatant irregularities. They got it on camera and stuff. And I don't know how the Republicans will ever win again. I mean, if they were not in the majority at the time that the president, you know, was voted on and he had such an amazing uh, popularity and he lost, how will we ever win again? I think it's too late. This democracy is already over. Is that really how you, how you feel or is there a way to, to solve it? You know, there's there's lots of, uh, you know, I when think you they tried to solve it that day. I think it, if everybody would have actually went to the the Capitol building and actually stormed it and took out these people, either hung up, shot well, them, or had to put on trial for, for the evidence. Well, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Do you think that's what they should have done? According to the Constitution, that's what needs to be done. Is all know, right? Okay, Raul, Raul, how we're, we're going to go in and we're going to shoot people? We're going to like take them out. You know what would happen? Here's what happens according to the Constitution. Let's say that it happened. And thank you for your call. I do appreciate you sharing your opinion on that. And I know I've heard from lots of people who, who think that, what Raul is saying. But here's what happens in our democracy, our constitutional democracy. I want you to know, this is the, one of the greatness, the things that's great about our Constitution. What would have happened? That would have been 
a nightmare. And it would be a day that would live in infamy for sure if that really had happened. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think there were definitely some very bad actors that day, but a lot of people were just there as tourists and didn't know what they were doing. Um, and I think that's been reflected in what's, what's been going on there. You know what would happen constitutionally is that we have 50 states with 50 governors who would the very next day or same day reappoint and get confirmed replacements for those people who then would have gone back and they would have probably certified the election the same way. I think that's what would have occurred. And in, you know, something would have happened in the process. I think that our democracy is a lot stronger than any group of people. I mean, imagine, you know, some other group of people, they go take over the Capitol. Well, you know, with, you know, there's the symbolism and everything that that means, but at the end of the day, does that do anything? I don't think so. 888-528-2557 is the number. I got a lot of calls. I'll get back to you in just a minute. This is Southern California Live. We're talking about January 6th and how the day ought to be remembered Going forward in the future, I'm your guest host, Scott Furrow. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm your guest host, Scott Furrow. Great to be with you today. We're talking about January 6th. And uh, I got a lot of calls on the board, so I want to get to those things. And uh, I definitely want to try to drive us to a little bit of a, a solution there. So the first question I asked is, how should it be remembered Vice President today uh, compared January 6th with 9-11 and uh, Pearl Harbor. And uh, we've had one caller who thinks that that is accurate and uh, some others who don't. Um, let's go to uh, CJ from San Diego. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Um, Hi, CJ. Thank you for answering my call. Thank you for answering my call. I do miss Frank, but you're doing an awesome job, so thank you very much. Oh, thank you. No, um, it should not be remembered as 9-11 and any, anything other than that. Um, like you said, I agree with you about actors. There was actors. It's definitely a bad day, but you wouldn't say it, we, yes, sh- it should, we should compare it to those no. other days. Okay. No. All right, CJ, thanks for calling. I appreciate that. I'm going to try to get through uh, as many calls as I can here. Kevin from Huntington Beach. Welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, I also don't think that it compares to 9-11 or Pearl Harbor. Um, How should we remember it? As a bunch of stupid people doing stupid things <laughs> and ultimately winning stupid prizes. Um, there was <laughs> Did they give out trophies for that? I don't remember. Pardon? Did they give out prizes? Uh, some of them were going to jail. They're giving out jail terms. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I, do, I do believe that there was some sort of shenanigans with the election, whether it was enough to sway it one way or the other, I don't know. But I, I do personally know somebody who lives in L.A. County whose wife received three separate mail-in ballots in three different versions of her name. Mm. And she's not even a U.S. citizen. Uh, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of stories like that for sure out there. All right, uh, Kevin, thank you for your call. Uh, appreciate that. Martin from San Diego. Welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for holding so long, Martin. Thank you. Um, well, I would say your, your question was how should it be remembered. Yeah. I think it should be a reminder of how fragile and how precious our democracy is. 
mm. and how important it is for us all to be engaged in the process of protecting and supporting our democracy. Um, oh. That day was an unacceptable day, an act of treason that uh, we should be reminded, and we're grateful that those who did those acts of violence and attacks on our democracy and on our nation uh, did not succeed, and that I'm hoping that all who are responsible will be held accountable. But just using this as a reminder that we need to be engaged in the process and that we should do all we can to prevent that kind of act from happening again in the future. So that's how it should be remembered as a reminder of what we, the importance of us being engaged in our democratic process. All right. Hey, Martin, thank you very much for that comment. You know what? I agree that this needs to be uh, something that reminds us about how to engage properly with the, the context. You'll hear a lot of people talk about the need for us to understand the rule of law. And this applies for a lot of things going on in our country today that, Part of the breakdown that we have is that we aren't following the rule of law. Um, and, you know, some of what is even going on, the questions with the ballots and other things that uh, the last caller brought up, um, there are some questions about the laws. Should the laws be changed? Should the, were the laws followed? And uh, some of the stuff that's out there is bogus, but there are some really good questions. There's something going on in Georgia right now where, where uh, ballot harvesting is an issue, and apparently people are getting paid to uh, ten bucks, I guess, per ballot. There's things like that that happen, and I think this time around, you know, the the difference of the election with all these ballots, um, there's definitely some investigation. But going forward, how do we prevent that from happening? Because I think the thing that concerns me the most is that this year, and especially two years from now. If we have exactly the same system going on, then whoever wins or loses, they're going to make similar claims, I'm afraid, unless it's a real serious blowout one way or the other. Uh, Chris from Whittier, welcome to Southern California Live. Chris, still with us? Chris? I'm here. Oh, hi, Chris. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The way I think this uh, day is going to be remembered will be as fractured as the nation is fractured. Because you'll have one side that's going to completely catastrophize it, you know, comparing it to 9-11, you know, it's just, that's ridiculous. That's a disgrace on anybody that suffered 9-11. This is a, ba- a mob of unarmed people um, breaking into a building that in no way compares to this beginning of World War II. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but you got yeah. the other side that will kind of dismiss it and think it was you know, justified. Um, and because of that, I think we're almost guaranteeing that we're going to see this happen again. Yeah. Because some one side, whatever side is going to be on the losing end, is going to feel justified, and they're going to look at this and say, well, they did it the last time. You know, the door's open. Right. They crack the ice. We can go through and do what they did, and it'll get worse. Yeah, John, and I think that that there is a string here of how this has actually been brewing for a long time and that it could get worse the next time, maybe with a different group of people. Uh, right. If you were, if you I, remember I a lot of people are talking about our democracy, just a point of correction, we're a Republic, not a democracy. And that's a really a critical difference. It's a big it's difference, a difference because between... yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I agree with you there. And uh, John, thank you for your call. I uh, agree with you there that the, the structure of our nation being 50 states uh, and a republic uh, matters a lot when we hear that, that uh, 
I'm sorry, that was Chris. Thanks, Chris, for your call. Um, it matters a lot when we think about democracy being threatened. Um, we have, I think one of the biggest problems that we have is that we are not making corrections to things. So people have legitimate concerns. A lot of the concerns that are being shared about the, uh, the ballots and fairness in elections and stuff, they've been concerns for a long time. A lot of them were exposed during the Bush versus Gore era. In fact, there was a government report that came out and it talked about uh, certain potential threats or at least the idea that uh, people could throw doubt on any election. Um, and I think people forget that after 2016, people for a long time on the left said that Donald Trump was illegitimately elected, right? It was the uh, the Russians somehow uh, had done different things. There were multiple conspiracy theories. The Russians certainly were trying to influence our election. And that's one of the things that we're missing about this. We, we turn it into a right and left thing here, and we're neglecting the idea that a foreign country is trying to do something with our elections. And I think they're trying to turn us against each other, and it's working to a certain extent. Um, the number here is the Southern California Live. I'm Scott for your guest host. We're talking about uh, January 6th. And where I really want to shift the discussion here, I'll take the calls that are on the board, but is this, is what do we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? Where do we go from here? John in uh, South Los Angeles, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine, John. I think it's a, a problem that it's kind of on both ends, but at the same time, uh, you know, for example, this thing that happened, they, these people uh, got in trouble at the, uh, then you get Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and then they, and they let them out the next day. So it's kind of like, it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that, uh, contradiction? Like, because they're basically letting one people do one thing, but then the other they're not letting. So it's like, you know, so it's okay for them to, to uh, uh, loot and, and raid places and all that, like Antifa and Black Lives did, but it's, but it's not okay for them to do what they did at the White House. So it's like, well, wait the, a minute, where do you draw the line? You know? At the Capitol. Yeah. yeah. All right, thank you very much for your call. And uh, let me go to, uh, I'll respond to that in a second. Let me go to Dan, who I think has a similar idea. Dan from Rancho Santa Margarita. Hi, Dan, how you doing? Hi. Hi, nice to talk to you. Um, the hypocrisy of this whole thing is amazing. The arrogance of talking about the rule of law. We watched for the last couple of years the rule of law be betrayed over and over again. I counted there was over hundreds of riots in our cities. There was attack on our federal building in Portland for over 120 days. That was an attack on our democracy. But there was silence, the silence of the left, the silence of CNN, the silence of MSNBC. I mean, if you just watch those channels, you would just think there's been one riot over the last two or three years, and that would be the right-wing riot on January 6th. This is so pathetic. It's just unbelievable. We had hundreds of riots. Thousands of police officers were hurt. And that that was an attack on our democracy, burning our cities, burning our precincts, uh, 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 bombing the federal building with Molotov cocktails. That was an attack on our democracy. One right wing riot on January 6th. And I mean, it's just unbelievable how they have made much ado about that. And it should be condemned. But look at the silence from the left when they were attacking the federal building in Portland for over 120 days. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Dan, for your call. I appreciate that. You know, um, I think that there have been uh, a string of different things sort of leading up even to January 6th. 
And I don't think we've done anything to really correct that. And the rule of law matters a lot. It, rule, it matters a lot if, with respect to do we even respect that. So when uh, things do go to court, do we respect the court's decisions? Even if we disagree, sometimes the, there's just not enough evidence, right? Sometimes uh, things don't come, you know, there aren't convictions or there, there isn't any movement in courts because there's not evidence. We have to be a people of evidence, we can't just be a people of, um, I feel this way in my gut, and therefore I'm right, and it doesn't matter what the courts think or what the system thinks. We can't do that. I'm afraid that we, and I'm by we, I mean kind of people on all sides, that we seem to be able on all sides, including the media. You're right, that there's a difference in the way that this gets reported, left and right wing media. They report things differently based upon what we think is our gut. And we need to be careful about that. I think it's causing a lot of problems. I got to take a break. We'll come back in just a couple of minutes. The number is 888-528-2557. And I'm asking the question about January 6th. How do we move forward? And where do we go from here? I'm Scott Furrow. I'm your guest host at Southern California Live. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host today, and we have been talking about January 6th, and uh, we've had a lot of calls and a lot of uh, uh, people shared their thoughts about how we should remember today and uh, where we should go from here and how we make sure that uh, this day doesn't happen. 888-528-2557 may have time for a call or two. A couple of things I wanted to, to say as we think about it, because I think that one of the things that we are driving in our country today in general is that we drive a lot of outrage and we want to have our emotions high on things like this and we take a political approach to things. A, a disappointment I have with uh, the speeches today from the vice president and the president, but also uh, even Donald Trump's response, is that today could have been an opportunity for all three of these people and anybody else who's speaking to talk about who we are as a nation and how we move forward from here and to not simply, you know, Biden used the opportunity to uh, lay into Donald Trump politically, who could be his opponent uh, in 2024. Uh, Trump responded uh, kind of in kind and pointed out some of the same things. And there's the same thing going back and forth and it's not getting us anywhere. It's making everything worse. And uh, we had one caller, but I've heard it from other people who think that the time for um, revolution essentially is now. And I don't think now is the time to be shooting anybody. Like what in the world do you think that's going to accomplish? This is not uh, the revolutionary period where we declared independence and England should have just let us go. We don't have that kind of moral standing on a lot of places. There's a lot of falsehood on both sides. You know, violence, let me tell you something, and people bring up the, uh, the, the riots that were going on with BLM and Antifa and other groups uh, that went on, especially over the summer last year. Violence discredits any movement. And whatever needed to be heard on January 6th uh, is drowned out, by, drowned out by the violence. Go online, watch the pictures of the police officers that were assaulted, and listen to them. You, you watch a video of one guy who cries out as he's getting beat up by people who normally are on his side for things. He says, I have kids, I have kids, I have kids. There were terrible things that happened that day. Uh, 
and I agree also with some of you uh, who mentioned it, that it's not the majority of people who are there. I know somebody who was there who didn't go to the, they didn't go down to the Capitol. They went there because of, there was a Trump speech and it's sort of a show. And uh, then they went home and they didn't think anything of it. They had no thought that there would be any violence uh, or anything. And I don't think that was uh, the president's plan. I think he should have been smarter about uh, when the president's making these claims, what people are going to do. And I think he should have been immediately out on television telling people to go home as soon as he saw what happened. Um, Let's go to uh, Fernando from Bellflower. Fernando, thanks for calling. Hi, thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. You know, I've been a a pastor for a very long time, and I have uh, witnessed many things being in the military and and being a disabled vet. I've just seen a gambit of things. And Martin Luther King said something very interesting. He said, the voice, uh, violence is the voice of the unheard. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that is perplexing to me is that we're talking about how can we prevent this from happening. And one of the things that caused this issue was the absolute fact that people were pushed to one side and their concerns were not listened to. They had no voice. And when you do that, when you, when, you, when you push somebody aside and you minimize them and you, you, you create an environment where people feel helpless, and helplessness creates a type of anxiety, and anxiety obviously produces violence and, and a certain extent. So as a result, I think the, the fact that they, this society has become so closed to other opinions and you have a right to your opinion, as everyone has. You know, everybody has a belly button, everybody has an opinion. You have a right to your opinion. When opinions are not heard and they're not listened to in a very calm and direct way, people cannot communicate. And when only one voice is saying something, you have that absolute anger on the other side because they shut them down. That's my belief, in fact. Thank you for that, Fernando. Fernando, what church are you at in uh, Bellflower area? Word of God Ministries. Uh, I'm not in Balfour. My church is in Long Beach uh, okay. uh, under the pastorship of Alan Charbonnet. All right. Hey, uh, Fernando, thanks for calling. And uh, I think Fernando is right. You know, it seems cliche a little bit that we need to have conversation, but we do because we're not talking to each other. We are dividing and kind of uh, people call it tribalism, right? And uh, the quote uh, from Martin Luther King Jr. was, in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard and what is it that America has failed to hear? Uh, you know, riots uh, have happened throughout all of human history. Um, people from all backgrounds have done it for different reasons. Riots are something that, um, you know, they should not happen, but they do continue to happen in different ways. They shouldn't be justified in any way, and they, they hurt the movements ultimately. They, like I said, violence discredits movements. If there wasn't January 6th, you know, um, I would be, I think uh, Donald Trump has a really good chance at running for re-election and winning maybe next uh, in 2024. Uh, but January 6th does hurt him, hurts, the, uh, hurts that movement. Uh, those are pictures and visions that people will see. And that's why politically, unfortunately, uh, the president today, President Biden, laid into that politically. And the mistake, the, the leadership problem that we're seeing today And we're seeing this from a lot of um, believers, even in our churches. The leadership problem is that we are picking sides and we're not taking the log out of our own eye as Jesus commanded. Imagine if the left were the ones who were criticizing themselves over 
riots that happen with left-wing issues or violence that has happened. Imagine if the right wasn't trying to defend themselves, but instead of saying, and many people are on both sides, so don't get me wrong, I realize that happens. And I realize also that the media is going to highlight the outrageous person because that's for ratings today. But, you know, a lot of things happen in our interpersonal relationships, a lot of good that actually happens. The dialogue that uh, our last caller was talking about, this is a place of power for the church. This is a place of not political power, but of actual world change. Whenever the church tries to make change through laws and political power throughout history, uh, it's a disaster. But whenever the church has decided to make change by reaching out to people and standing up for what is true and what is right, but also being full of grace and listening, when church people have moved forward and practiced nonviolence, which is not pacifism at all, it's strategic, where you stand up for what is true and you stand up for yourself, but, and you make the truth known, but we don't cause harm and we don't ju- try to justify it just because it suits our side. You know, when, when Peter cut off the ear of Malchus, he might have had a... Uh, he might have had a good reason for doing that. They were about to arrest Jesus. It was unjust what was about to happen. They were betrayed by one of their own. He must have been tremendously emotional. Some people think he was part of uh, the Zealot Party, uh, which was a group of people who believed in uh, political violence, essentially, to try to get their point across. Maybe that was Peter. Some people think so. But what did Jesus do? He picked up the ear off the ground and he healed Malchus and, and essentially told Peter, this is not the way. Uh, this is not God's plan. And it isn't that Peter wasn't defending what might have been right in his eyes. It wasn't the right way to do it. Can we be a people who can sit back and at least listen on both sides? Because I think that uh, a lot of people on January 6th who are in that crowd, they feel very unheard. The reason Donald Trump got elected over all those other people is because there's a large group of people who feel unheard. The reason that we had a lot of uh, riots and stuff that happened and a lot of things that happened that was for a while, positive right after the George Floyd thing is because there are a lot of people, our brothers and sisters, who are not heard, who don't feel heard, who haven't ever felt heard. There's a lot of not being heard in our country. We have nothing to fear if we put the gospel first and foremost. And if you want to save our country, if you are concerned about it, you know, our goal as Christians is not the success of the United States. But I do think the United States is still the last great hope on earth. Uh, Even President Obama said that uh, recently, that that is who we are. Scriptures say something, and this might be cliche to a lot of people. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land, 2 Chronicles 7.14. You got to be careful when quoting Old Testament stuff that so often is really about Israel. But that verse has been used, that, that whole thing has been used even uh, among Gentile lands in the Old Testament. Nineveh is the example of that. And that makes me think it's true even for Gentile nations like ours today. This is the solution. We have to turn to God for real. And the church is here as ambassadors of the kingdom of God to make that happen. When you think about these things and all the tension that is there, make sure that you're listening to people on the other side. Make sure that that doesn't mean that you have to accept everything. You have to use discernment and wisdom. 
and especially with the people in your life. Love those people. I'm out of time. We can keep talking about this. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. Thank you, everybody, for all your participation. I know it's a uh, uh, big subject, um, but we don't want to shy away from that stuff on our program. I will be back with you tomorrow, and uh, I look forward to doing that. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.